The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, Dollhouse Assault. It's a wunderbar life. Barfing at 70 miles an hour. And no cats for Christmas. And now, three guys who are holed up in a white castle. Won't leave until the government gives it back. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that's frittered its life away, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Are you guys uh, It's a Wonderful Life people? No, yeah, I've never seen it. Re- no, shut up. Really? No, uh, no. I I watch it once a year. I haven't gotten to see it yet this year. It's really people call it a Christmas movie. Isn't it almost more of a New Year's movie? Let's see. Is it is it Merry I guess Merry Christmas. Christmas is the day that he Merry Christmas or but I guess it choice, is. Right? Yeah, I guess. Merry Christmas. But then they all come in and they sing all day. all Lang Syne, don't they? Yeah, that's weird. That confuses me. In the 40s did they sing all Lang Syne at Christmas time? I I think they just sing it any time there's a bunch of people together in one place. Voluntarily they, giving their money over to a yeah uh, to a bankrupt loan operation, uh, but I haven't seen it. But I, I yeah I li- I like it a lot. I've always uh, we watch it once a year, and um, I got I got no qualms with it. I'm super into it, but I can't. It's so emotionally draining that I can only watch it once a year. So when I'm wrapping presents, I put that on, and then I have a good what three hour cry, <laughs> three hour cry, yeah. dehydrated by the end. I'm hungover the next day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as you get older, it only gets more emotionally wrenching. Mm-hmm. Now, is it just out of a lack of interest, or like you've, it hasn't been accessible to you, or your parents are monsters, just, I, or what it, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was ever on. I never went out of my way to watch it, and it was never. There's never been in forty years. There's never been a moment where you've had three up, hours. Up ago. next, <laughs> it's a wonderful life, and I'm like, oh, I got two hours to kill. Now, you know what I mean, when we were kids, when we were younger, I'd say in our like, you know, probably when we were you know, 10 to 15, maybe even up to college age, it was on around the holidays constantly. It, it seemed like I think every, every multiple channels got the rights to it. It was on all the time. And now it only runs once a year. NBC has the rights to it. They run it once a year and it's always run on a weird night. It's not like Christmas Eve. It's, although I think it was on Christmas Eve this year and maybe one other time. So unless you own it, you probably, you know, or scheduled a DVR on one of those nights, it's a little harder to find unless you buy it. But it I was would... one of those things where I, w- I would flip channels in December as a kid, and I'd see Jimmy Stewart in black and white and be like, "Oh, yeah. that's it's a wonderful life." Boring. Stopped. And... Yeah, unless you get tired, unless you get sucked into it in the beginning, you're probably not you know gonna right. gonna I mean, stop I've on your seen channel surfing. Scrooged. Sure. Right? Well, it's similar. It's, it's about the same, redemption. The same story. And a lot more comedy, I think, in Scrooged. Lot. At least there's a lot more getting hit with toasters. Yes. Well, I will give you my recommendation for getting into it if you're not into it is go to, well, maybe this isn't an option in Syracuse, but 
you can typically go to like the music box or like a local art theater or even a normal theater that plays fun things one off at holidays and go yeah. see it on the big screen. Sometimes they'll do it with an organ or with caroling. And like you want to fully commit to it because it's like yeah. a it's like Rocky or something or Brian's song. It's like a guy weeper. Yes, oh, I really f- feel like it's about the pressures on a dad and like and a yeah. son, you know what it means to be a son, what it means to be a father. Uh, and it just pushes all the buttons, but not in a way that leaves you destroyed. It's uplifting. Yeah, so so that's my recommendation. You haven't seen it. My, my well, luckily, it doesn't it, end so. that way. You right. Know, spoiler alert. I mean, they do all get killed at the end. Uh, yeah. It just fades <laughs> to black over the Bailey family laid out on the lawn. But, but in, in a way, he's taking that's care of his family. That's what it's right. It's about taking They're care taking of They're taking care of, all right. And now it's time for Holidays. That's where we wreck our holidays so you don't have to. All right, speaking of It's a Wonderful Life and Heartwarming Tales of Christmas, here's one uh, Heartwarming Tale of Christmas about a sweet little girl and her monstrous bourgeois parents. I think I see where this is going. I don't know what you guys do with your kids and their Christmas wants, but thus far, I think last year Viva genuinely wanted something. She wanted the Disney Glitter Glider Princess Castle. But mostly, and there's, obviously we don't have a lot of data because she's only had five Christmases, right? She doesn't necessarily know what she wants because she's a tiny baby child, right? Yeah, that, may, that makes sense. Right. So we decide what it's kind of time for, and then we put that into her mind. We install yeah. a false memory. We, like, Jedi mind trick her. It's like and we the say, Matrix. Yeah, well, you want a bike this year. You know, yeah. oh, I bet you can't wait for Santa to bring you that scooter. Uh, and thus far, there have been things that she... Yeah, because at this age, she's a completely different animal each year. She's a tiger, and then she's a bat. She's a lemur. Well, and so also, it's hard to – their interests can change and what their their needs can change. So if they say they want something in July, they may need something completely different in December. Absolutely. Like in July, she said she wanted some food, and we were like, maybe it's time to get her some food. But she wasn't, <laughs> we haven't fed her wasn't even asking for it four years. <laughs> yeah, she's just laying there. It's like she didn't care about food at all anymore. Uh, well, we decided that she wanted a dollhouse, and so we started to in, implant that memory, and so then she got very excited about a dollhouse. Well, let me ask you this. Does mm-hmm. she play with dolls? Dolls. Now, not like American Girl or Barbie big dolls. She really plays with the four-inch high Disney Magic Clip princesses. Okay. Or three and three-quarter inch or whatever they are. But you know, That's that her one, jam. One-eighteenth eight, one scale. That's her jam right now. All right. And larger. She have, has never really in her four-and-a-quarter years been into like domestic role play with life-size baby dolls. So all the toys she had that were like that, that were like cribs and strollers and babies and diapers, doesn't touch them. She plays with basically action figures. She has inherited her old man's love of action figures. So she takes three and three-quarter inch high princesses and has adventures with them in little castles and tanks and stuff. Sounds like fun. I think so. It's much more interesting to me than just eternally diapering the same baby. (laughs) Yeah. I love to like overhear her adventurous games because they're always like getting stuck in things and having to help each other out of canyons and over mountains and you know their sleighs are overturning things I, like that. I so, never got the whole plain house thing. Like I don't understand why a kid would want to pretend that they were burdened with with feeding and diapering another person. Right? I have to do it for reals, and I want out. <laughs> That's all my kids want to play. Oh. That's all they want to do, and I'll hear them talking to each other. One of them will be the mom, and the other one will be the kid. Like, mommy, mommy, I help take me to the store. Okay, baby, I will. 
let's go. Okay, mommy. And it's just, it goes on for hours, uh-huh. hours. They'll sit up in bed and they've got their Barbie dolls and they're like their, uh, <laughs> their Disney Barbie dolls. So they're Barbie dolls. Oh, sure. Made mm-hmm. by it. Anyway. Yeah. They, so, and they will have six of them. They're up there right now, not sleeping. They're each sitting in their bed, having these, conver- having the dolls have conversations. They sort of inherited a bunch of Barbies about three months ago. And so the choice was sort of taken away from me as to whether or not we would allow them to play with Barbie dolls. It's just, well, here's 30 Barbie dolls. <laughs> N- now you play with Barbie dolls from Nick's sister. That's, that's what they do. We've a- avoided the Barbie thing, it, like actively, like when she's asked about them, we've said they're for, they're for bigger kids than the you. Monsters. Because we don't want to deal with well, we the like, tiny socks yeah. and shoes. And, you know, like she's right. not going to be that good. at. They're hard to dress. Oh, and God. So she, so you're dressing like, them. Yeah, you're the one dressing. Exactly. What you really end up with is a dozen naked Barbies sitting around your house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So very quick, we very quickly learned as parents that, you know, I don't have much advice to give out into parenting, but I really learned that things that are too old for your kid developmentally are a pain because they're immediately going to fall back on you. Games they're too young to play, toys they're too young to play with means handing it over to you and saying, do this, please. It's endless frustration. It's awful. I asked for my parents to get Jenga for my kids. That's where the animals come to life and chase you around the house with Robin Williams, right? Yep. I, in Jenga, my wife's like, Jenga? I'm like, I know. I, so, you know, it's, <laughs> I, you know, I it's, panicked. I, I, I didn't know what else to say. I didn't. I know. I really did. I, I panicked because what happens is my parents, they're like, all right, it's time's a tick and it's the 15th. And I said, uh, Jenga <laughs> <laughs> for my four-year-olds. They're actually still three, but they'll be four. And so I'm dying to see when we all play Jenga, if they love it or they're com- emotionally scarred by constantly knocking a tower of bricks over. Right, by tiny lumber falling on their head over and over. as they Over and over and over. With their limited fine motor skills. Yeah. So was Viva on board with uh, getting a dollhouse? She immediately was into it because she does like she has a little Doc McStuffins house that she loves. She has a mm-hmm. um, she has the glitter glider castle that she really loves and little forts that go with that. So we knew she'd like it because she just really loves play sets and dolls. Hey, interestingly, uh, did you hear the news this week that Hasbro has beat out Mattel for both the Disney princess contract and the Frozen contract, which really? is a huge blow to Mattel. Mattel makes Barbie and makes basically makes all the girl oh. toys. and Hasbro makes all the boy toys. And Hasbro's only success with girls has been like My Little Pony. And Hasbro's become squarely a, oh, what would you say, like an intellectual property landlord. And they just keep reviving the licenses they own, like G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Transformers. Just re-up them, re-up them, re-up them for a new generation, Ninja Turtles. That's why you keep seeing those repeat is because Hasbro's like, let's just keep riding that pony. Well, they just beat out Hasbro or Mattel for these major Disney contracts. And one of the reasons they were able to do it is they said, hey, look, Mattel is just making one doll and dressing it like your different Disney princesses will make them look more like your cartoons and make them look different from each other. And Disney liked that. Now, do your daughters have dollhouses? And if so, how do you decide what? Um, We do not have a dollhouse because Ellie's never really been a doll person. So I haven't had to venture into that. But I imagine, you know, there's all kinds from like, just like if you, when you buy a kitchen for your kid, you can get like the plasticky, cheapy ones. You can go right. like full on wood, craftsman style. How about you, Dave? They have a, a hand me down dollhouse. 
essentially for, you know, I'd say like six inch action figures or dolls, you know, but they don't have one. They play since now they're primarily playing with Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. They don't have one with head clearance that they need. So, oh, interesting. so Barbie's always supine. Right. It's always laying, always like crawling. Low crawl through her own house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there's a home invasion. Always crawling army crawling. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we, uh, it's interesting that you say that, Todd, because, you know, a year or so ago on our old podcast, we talked about kitchens because Dave and I were buying kitchens at the same time. Uh, and we decided to go with, we got a very large kitchen, a fancy kitchen, but a wooden one because uh, we knew we have a small urban condo and we knew it would sit out all the time. So we wanted one that kind of looked good with the furniture because we knew, we knew it was going to become furniture. You know, we can't, we don't have like a basement playroom where we can put a bunch of pink crap and no one coming over will see it. So we went with a nice brown wooden one. Uh, and, you know, the dirty little secret about this is that plastic's really expensive right now because of petroleum prices, even though gas is cheap right now. But, like, plastic has become more expensive and toys have become more expensive in the last several years. And these wooden toys, even though they look better and more handcrafted, they're still press board made in China by blind orphans chained to a table. And they are actually pretty reasonable for the vast scale of things that you can get. Yeah, it's not so bad. So... At first, we were looking at these like very tasteful, dull, northern European minimalist houses, like Melissa and Doug and Hape. You familiar with yeah. these brands? I know Melissa and Doug. Yeah, yeah, and they, and Melissa and Doug's probably American, but you know they're wooden. They're usually just blonde wood, and they're tasteful, and they're all cut out, and you, you know what I mean. They're for like responsible yuppie parents, and not for you know that are avoiding the pink plastic nightmare thing. It's like so it's, it's the, like Pottery Barn light. If you don't, if you're not getting mm-hmm. Pottery Barn, but you'd like to get Pottery Barn, you get Melissa and Doug, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's got it's got an almost IKEA ish, yes, vibe to a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So we said, okay, we're gonna get the Melissa and Doug Happy Family House, whatever it's called. It was a fairly large house, uh, Melissa and Doug. So uh, Melissa and I are both at work, and she texts me and she says, "Get the Melissa and Doug house. It's a hundred bucks." So I buy it on Amazon. And that's going to be a, the big Santa gift. Well, I didn't write her back and say that I bought it. So she bought another one because she thought I just didn't get the text. So now there's $200 worth of the same <laughs> Melissa and Doug house coming mm-hmm. to our house mm-hmm. to hide somewhere until Santa can put it together. Right. Well, then we decide that we got, oh, we went to a winter fair at Navy Pier. We got to meet Santa and sit on his lap. And she got primed by an elf to like, tell Santa what she wants. And the Santa thing's almost a little bit insidious because if your kid doesn't really want something, they suddenly feel a pressure to amp up what they want and start mm-hmm. asking for ponies and stuff, you know? So she gets on Santa's lap and she says, uh, he says, oh, 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 what do you want for Christmas? And she says, uh, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to get a dollhouse from, from you, Santa, and uh, it's going to be as big as my tent and purple. And we're like, wait, that's not what we ordered. We ordered something that was uh, a foot and a half tall and uh, tasteful blonde wood from Northern Europe. Mm-hmm. And she went, you know, her tent is like a big canvas. Well, it's a tent, <laughs> roughly tent size. You know, it's like a five foot tall pink canvas tent. So now she wants a five foot tall dollhouse that's purple. I kind of always felt we, we raise our kids to believe that you can't get too specific with Santa because you never know what Santa's going to bring. <laughs> He's old. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he doesn't work here so well. You can't trust him mm-hmm. with the details. He's work off half the time. these days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you say you want a bike, just be happy you get anything with two wheels. (laughs) You know, could bring you a unicycle. 
You said you wanted a pony. You didn't say you wanted it to be alive. Right. <laughs> you got to be specific. Say, yeah. Didn't say you wanted it in one piece. <laughs> We're asking for things from Santa's like wishing on a monkey's paw. <laughs> He'll send you a dark, twisted version of what you asked for. <laughs> so we start looking online at larger we start to back off our expectations, but then we start to get buyer's remorse. We went to a toy store and we saw the Melissa and Doug house. And frankly, it just looked boring. Like it looked like something a parent would want their kid to like, but the kid wouldn't like. Like most right. wooden toys. Yeah. It's something mm. that you wish your child would like, but they are bored to tears. <laughs> All the things you see in, in Santa's sack on a, like a statue of Santa, like a trumpet and a wooden train. No kid in the, in, their, in the history of the world has ever asked for a trumpet or a wooden train for Christmas, Right. So we find a very large kid craft, same brand as made our kitchen, the big kitchen that we got her. Mm-hmm. Um, kid craft house that's enormous, just barely fits in her playroom, also about 100 bucks. But now it's huge, it's wooden, it's actually more Barbie scaled. But we thought, well, she's going to get into Barbie the next year or two, so she can play with the princesses in this. And then when she gets big enough that we think she can dress a Barbie well, we'll move to Barbie. So that's the new plan. So Melissa orders another um Dollhouse. However, she says, Matt, the only one I could find is $200. And the only one that can get, get here by Christmas, because now it's getting close to Christmas. The only one that can get here in time is 200 bucks. She orders that. So right. we're not sure if it's going to come in time. She's so, oh, so she orders it. Then she gets an email that says this may not come in time for Christmas. <laughs> so I jump on Amazon and I find a different one that would come in time for Christmas. And I order it. And it's $100. So now there are $500 worth of dollhouses ordered. And we're going to return three of the four, but there's $500 of balls in the air. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and we're hoping that the la- one of the last two we ordered gets here in time for Christmas. Otherwise, she'll have to have the boring Melissa and Doug one. In the meantime... I love that you've moved to like now just hating the Melissa and Doug one. Yes, like, oh, we did. Boring Melissa and I hate it. Garbage. It's garbage. I wouldn't give it, <laughs> wouldn't give it to my worst enemy's toddler. I'd pay to have it taken out of my house. It's so, so sensible. It really is painfully boring. You should look it up. It looks like absolutely no fun. Uh, <laughs> just like peg people and a little wooden car going off to the little wooden jobs. It's just miserable. Uh, you can see the wooden ennui on their faces. Uh, <laughs> so we're not quite sure if either of these is going to come in time for Christmas. And, of course, they both come immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's even more interesting is I didn't get the one I ordered. I got a much fancier one. Oh, but I paid for the one I ordered. So I paid a hundred dollars and I got one that's at least a couple hundred dollars to like multi hundreds of dollars, depending on the seller. Mm-hmm. So I got a bank error in my favor. Uh, I got the upgrade to the Kidcraft Majestic Mansion, which is five feet tall and five and a half feet wide. <laughs> oh Do you know God. what the selling price of the Majestic Mansion is? Because I'm looking at it right now. What is it? Three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Wow. I paid ninety eight. Well, because I paid for something else. They sent me the Majestic Mansion. So now I have a three. So, so obviously we're like, well, we're building the, we're building the $328 one, even though it absolutely doesn't fit in our house. Like we're going to have to get a renter. Uh, we're going to have to sublet, sublet the half the dollhouse because yeah. mm-hmm. Eva can only use part of it anyway. She can't even reach the top floor. So might as she well sublet can. out the top floor to a neighbor. No, she has to stand on a chair to get to the top floor. She doesn't even know it's there yet. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll discover it when she's six. Yeah. Someday when you're taller, you'll see just how good a toy this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find, like, who lives in a country with small, the Japanese maybe? Like, could we get a Japanese graduate student 
and sublet the maybe a New Yorker mm-hmm. sublet the dollhouse to them to sleep in. So it's now amazing. there's yeah, San oh San Francisco, sure, sure, sure. Dave, so you should could... you should be looking up Kidcraft Majestic Doll Majestic it's Mansion. Incredible. They don't even call it a dollhouse. I love that they, they they throw the word mansion in. It's a man. It is a mansion. It's a mansion. It's a mansion by any any. So one could argue now that there are seven hundred and twenty five dollars worth of of uh, mm-hmm. balls in play. Uh, and now it's a week before Christmas, and Viva had been freaking out because there were wrapped presents around that she wanted to unwrap. Well, Melissa had gone to um, Toy Swap at our co-op hippie preschool, where if you brought some toys, you could just take some toys. And she brought a couple of random things home, which she was just putting in the closet for a rainy day, because the winters are long in Chicago. So sometimes when it's really boring, and it's February or March, we just go to the closet and we get some toy out that, you know, if we get too many toys at birthday time or Christmas time, put some back in the closet and pull them out on a snowy, horrible day, mm-hmm. rather than just having an orgy of presents on your birthday right. or on, on Christmas. And it's, it's worked out well, and we feel like, you know, for generally being materialistic, selfish monsters, as this story illustrates, that's a good, sensible thing that we do. So she, she got at this swap, just kind of randomly, it must be a Fisher-Price little people thing, but a little Disney castle. I think it's for little people, but it's got some ramps on it that the Glitter Glitter Princess princesses fit on it plays it's a small world and it looks like eh, like a disney castle kind of and it was used there were some decals ripped on it it was really for a kid younger than her but melissa just she brought some things to the sale so she grabbed something from the sale so viva was flipping out that she couldn't open all the presents in the house so professor foster goes to the closet and she gets this castle and she sets it in the toy room hoping to distract her viva walks in the toy room we are in the kitchen and we are fretting over which of the billions of dollars of dollhouses that are five <laughs> feet tall that we've ordered we're going to let Santa assemble for her on Christmas. She, we hear her squeal. She comes running in the room and she throws herself at us. She throws her arms around our legs and she says, thank you, thank you. Santa heard me. He brought my dollhouse and it's perfect and I love it. Meanwhile, and you're <laughs> like, uh-oh. Yeah. What'd you find? Almost literally garbage that we happen to set in the <laughs> toy room. Is it plastic, like with like yellow and red and blue? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now. Probably looking at it. It's I think it, it's for little people. It's got a Dumbo on the side. Yes, I'm looking at uh-huh. it. Poison it's delightful. Paint it's fine. In it. It's fine, but it certainly isn't like majestic lose, you know. or mansionous. Yeah, it's not majestic at all. So what we realized is that our daughter is not a materialistic, selfish monster. We are. And we projected right. that on her. She didn't want a five-foot-tall dollhouse. She wanted anything she could fit her princesses in. Now, truthfully, you did get the mansion a steal, almost literally, because right. uh, they could probably you know, prosecute you for keeping that. <laughs> uh, but no, well, I, We mailed everything back but that one, but the Majestic Mansion, uh-huh. which we got for a fraction of its price. It took Santa until 7.30 a.m. on Christmas morning to put together... Uh, which made Santa very, very ill for about 48 hours because he was exhausted. Uh, and uh, w- Santa was very afraid he wouldn't have it put together before everyone woke up. Hot damn, it's a hell of a dollhouse. I don't, we still haven't found a place for it in the house. But, uh, and she loved it. She freaked out. She loved it beside herself. So how does she feel about the one she thought was the one that Santa brought her? Still likes it. She, she didn't kick it to the curb. She didn't say, like, ah, what was with the crap one you brought me last week? <laughs> so that's our heartwarming Christmas tale. Now we have a dollhouse that won't fit in the house and a daughter that we realize is a much better person than us. 
Where's that gonna go? You're gonna have to get rid of like your grand piano or something, and something's gotta go. House. Well, that that brings in money. What doesn't what doesn't <laughs> earn money? The couch doesn't earn any money. The kid. There you go. The kid does it. Right. Sorry, yeah. but yet I go. We gotta make room for your toys. That's a messed up gift of the magi right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why don't you use those dollars to keep this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. When you need to buy something on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com. Click on support the show and you will see an Amazon window. Click on that. Amazon opens and you just do your purchasing. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to create a password. You don't have to pay extra. You just do your shopping via our page Amazon knows you came through our portal, and they send some of their profits to us, and we use it to keep this show on the air. Christmas time is when everybody buys board games. We talk about board games a lot on this show. I'm super into them. I know Todd is. Dave, are you into games, board games? It's funny you should bring that up. Mm-hmm. Not super into board games, but somebody got us Candyland for Christmas. Oh, sure. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't. There's no receipts on the inside of the box, and there's there were no notes that said. So we have no idea who it's from, and so I got to teach my daughters uh, how to play Candyland tonight. Wait, did this uh, was this at a family party, or did it come in the mail? Came in the mail because my the thing is with my parents, kind of like I was uh, explaining oh, uh-huh. earlier. They they're just like, please tell me exactly what to get your kids because uh, we we only see them in pictures. <laughs> we don't it's know a theory to us yeah. right right we only <laughs> see them growing up through pictures uh that you send to us every six months so um i i i put on amazon you know i created wish lists um and emailed the wish lists to my mom and then a different one to my dad but on neither of them did i put Candyland princess disney princess version of uh, Candyland. so uh, and but that's what we got. People named Dave Engel in this world, so maybe a there's lot. some little Engel child somewhere who's crying because his what all he wanted for Santa was Candyland. Uh, house yeah. instead. Very confused parents. I don't know. I but we had a, a great time with it, and it is the simplest, almost moronic. Like <laughs> you, you pick a. I felt like I was playing it wrong, because but there's nothing so to simple. it. You just you pick a card. With a color on it, you advance to that color, the next color on the board, right? And then the next person goes, and they well, pick a card, and they the advance pitfalls? to that color. Isn't that like what? a swamp made of syrup or something that you can fall in? I feel like uh, there's conflict. They, yeah, there is, but it's so – it's not like when you're a kid and you're sweating it out the entire time because you think you're going to land on the wrong – Right, that sends you piece. back or throws you down a hole. No, it's it's funny. They're they're so infrequent. It's really just a, a ten minute to fifteen minute game of who can who can just get to the end first. And when my um, do- when when we first started playing Candyland, my daughter was so young and uh, she liked the game, but she didn't. She never wanted to have to go back, so we never right. played the pitfall. We skipped the pit. Like if you landed on one, it was just you just kept going. <laughs> so it really was simple. It really was just pick cards until you got to the end. Yeah. And then the game was over. Well, that's, I noticed that's... that kid games have started to say the playing time on the cover of the box. Have you noticed this? They'll say like 10 minutes or 15 minutes so you don't find yourself in a game of Monopoly or, or Risk where it's like three sure. days to finish. 
You remember the game oh. Othello? On, sure. Yeah. On the box, it would say minutes to You're learn, the... a lifetime to master. Yeah. So I can't imagine parents would want to buy that for the game. I'm going to play this for a lifetime? Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> they should do that with kids' books. They should say how long it takes to read Oh, this. that's a great idea. Yeah, because you get stuck with a bedtime story that's 20 uh, minutes. You're like, oh, right. That'd be amazing if it said that on the cover or yeah. like had a three minutes on. to read. And you're like, oh, perfect yeah. bedtime story. <laughs> right. I got time to ad lib a little bit here, but like <laughs> <laughs> I can riff. Right. But I don't want to I don't want to be I, I don't enjoy. I do it, but I don't enjoy when I have to cut pages out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then I became an expert. two of the three pigs had their houses destroyed. <laughs> Six months went by. Yeah, I, I don't enjoy doing that, but I have to because sometimes I, we'll be doing stories together and I'll th- open to the first page and I'll make a joke or I'll point out something in the art and my wife will be like, Matt, Matt. And she'll like point at her wrist and implying the book is long. You need to move it along or she'll give me the yeah. little stirring signal that says like move it along because then I, I haven't counted the pages ahead of time and I she's you know she's already read the book to her and knows that it's a trap and that it's 25 pages long <laughs> red light starts going off in the back of the room he's <laughs> Othello racist because Othello is a play about a black guy and his white girlfriend and the white society that hates him and Othello is a game about a black and white chip that you flip over well, it's like the white chips try to turn all the black chips white, and the black chips try to all turn the white chips black. Reverse racism. <laughs> that was the working title for the game. <laughs> Reverse racism. Didn't test well in focus groups. <laughs> Did you buy some board games off of Amazon? Oh, Matt? got a whole bunch from family and stuff and asked for a bunch, and I noticed a, a trend in board games for kids, although there's some you, you've played the game Perfection. Remember as a oh. kid, the one where it pops oh, up. Yeah. We just we have one of those. We bought it's it's less than a year old, so it's like the new like 2015 Perfection. Oh wow! Really, no What's different about than the original. Uh, nothing it seems. Dave and I noticed that all the games seem to be smaller now. May, this one might be slightly smaller than the original, but it seems as authentic as I remember the original one. Well, we got a game called Pop the Pig. We got a game called Alligator Dentist. Nope. And a really great game that I'd never seen before called Jumping Jack Rabbit. No, no, Jack Rabbit Jump Jump uh, Jumping Rabbit Jack something. The common denominator in all these games is that something pops up and scares the hell out of you. Yeah. Uh, If you don't, (laughs) don't, you know, if you don't do something in a certain amount of time, or just there's a randomizer, and like in the Jack Rabbit game, you pull carrots out of the ground, and at any time that can make a the rabbit fly up out of the ground uh, and then you have to catch it or if you just duck you can lose or you can win pop the pig you put hamburgers in a pig until it explodes uh alligator dentist the alligator snaps on your finger as you're touching its teeth we have boom um, boom balloon which is where you just stick a balloon in the middle of a bunch of sticks and you keep pushing the sticks in until it pops you know like a real you, a real balloon yeah you put it you have to blow a real balloon up and put it in there and then you push these sticks in like one click at a time depending on what you roll maybe it's one or five or four or whatever then whoever oh, pops oh. it loses and it's terrifying because <laughs> and nobody likes being next to a balloon when it pops but you're forced to because you have to hold on to this <laughs> stick and push it in and so it's wow. it really is a terrifying game but it's it's fun Jumping Jack is the name of this rabbit game. Yeah, when my daughter has a, a balloon, sometimes she'll come in the living room holding a balloon. She's like, Daddy, I'm going to pop this. And I, I want to leave the room. I don't even want to be in a room with the balloon that's about to pop. Yeah, you should get Boom Boom Balloon then. 
Wow. Well, I have to say that all these games where something snaps on you or jumps are awesome. I can see why they're appealing to children because they're appealing to me because it drives you out of your mind. Mm. It just makes your skin crawl in the very best way because something is going to flip out on you. And I love it. Viva loves it. Right, in a completely harmless way that you can then reset and do again and again and again. Never seems to lose its... No, it never loses its surprise and its suspense. The big one this year is Pie in the Face. Have you seen the Pie in the Face game? Yeah, what do Uh -uh. you fill that with? I suppose you could put anything you want in it. I'm assuming most people are using, like, Cool Whip or Whipped Cream, but you could put anything that you'd want to smash in someone's face. How hard does it hit you? Dave, have you seen this? No. So it's it's pie it's called face? pie face or pie in the face. So you you there's a hand that you put something in. Usually it's like a whipped cream or something, and then there's like a cardboard cutout of a face. You stick your face in there, and then I think you have to roll. And then depending on what you roll, you have to turn this knob a certain number of times and hold it with both your hands. And if you happen to do it at the right time, the hand shoots up and hits you in the face. <laughs> so you get a face full of whatever you've put on there. So acid. Yeah, it could be anything, I suppose. Nails. Broken <laughs> Nails. glass. It's that handful of broken glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. High face, it's called. Live scorpions. <laughs> this uh, looks hilarious because the, the hand mm-hmm. is the size of a toddler hand. And the, the, the dad's looking at down at the pie, smiling. And the kid's looking at him, smiling, like, with his fists clenched <laughs> in <laughs> ecstasy. And the dad's looking at it like, this isn't going to do anything to my face. Yeah, this would be fun. I'm sure I'd put out an eye. Absolutely sure my kids would get their eyes knocked out with this thing somehow. you got to make sure that you don't have a kid that's a sociopath, like, secretly in the mix. You don't want to do this at, like, a kid's party where one of the kids might be Damien and waiting because they're going to put a marble or something in that pan and it's going to oh, go yes. yeah. retina. You know, so, you know, when you're on Amazon, you click on a game, there's, like, other games recommended based on that one. There is yeah. one called Poopy Head, the card game where number two always wins. <laughs> Try to beat your opponents in this dirty action game. Includes five <laughs> Poopy Head headbands, head one whoopee cushion, a deck of 48 cards, and game rolls. I love Fill the there's... pan with feces and see how long it takes to snap it in your face. <laughs> there are like fake dog turds, like curled up, swirled dog turds that you have to wear on your head. Oh, God, it's horrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's I believe it's across the line. Is that for families? Families who love poop. German families. If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. You can subscribe on iTunes, or if you use the podcast app on your iPhone, you can subscribe and leave a review. It's quick and easy and improves our iTunes ratings and helps new listeners find us. Or subscribe however you receive your podcasts. Listener Cozy Silver writes, loving the new format. These guys are hilarious. Five stars. Thanks, Cozy Silver. And read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. This week, something, something, New Year's something. And now it's time for Road Trippin', where I spy with my little eye something involving hours and hours of tedium and pain. We just got back. From Maryland, more specifically, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore is not where you think, but because uh, I'm a big fan of The Wire. So before yeah, that's my, the Baltimore you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's my jam. So I, before my sister-in-law and family moved down to Baltimore, I, I was terrified when I found out they were moving to Baltimore because I thought 
the whole city was just drug dens and prostitutes and but there is a small development. Turns out it's only 85% of the city. Right, I was going to say, because their community is lovely. But very, very nice time uh, down at Deanna and Lou's house. And my kids had a great time, which was uh, even better because I didn't see them for four days. Because their kids, Dean and Lou's kids, are perfect age to where they don't they, they don't have their own selfish interests yet they're not teenagers or they're about 11 they're not into dating they're not into primping and you know social media yet they're perfectly fine with uh, playing with four-year-olds which was just amazing and uh we get in the car to head back and for like the last two months my daughters have wanted to sit in the way way back in the sienna and this is like a six-hour trip Mm -hmm. and we've got the dog and we've got presents to bring back. I drive, pretty much always drive, unless I'm just deadly falling asleep or something's wrong. And so it all worked out. And so I drove this time. And my kids decide they want to sit in the middle. They don't want to sit in the back, which is actually kind of nice because when you sit in the back, when they sit in the back of the Sienna, they might as well not be there. Like if they choked to death back there on candy, yeah. I, wouldn't, like I wouldn't know until I had a blue kid in Syracuse. I wouldn't know what state they had died in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where I can reach back and like slap yeah. them and knock the marble out of their mouth um, <laughs> when they're sitting in the middle. And so they're sitting in the middle, Fonzie's in the back seat, and Joey started in on this. Hey, mom. Oh. Hey, mom. What's, uh, what color is my tongue? <laughs> hey, mom. What would happen if you were a guy? <laughs> hey, mom, what different color can grass be? And every I'm, I am not exaggerating. <laughs> those are real questions. A, That's amazing. Those are ac, those are actual questions that she asked. This went on for six and a half hours. Cecilia just sat there, and I'm like looking at him in the rearview mirror. Cecilia just sat there, just staring into deep space. Like, she couldn't believe what was happening. But Joey, <laughs> we're like, we couldn't, we're trying not to get upset because Nikki had a cold. And so she's trying to take a nap in the front seat. And every time her, like, every time she'd, she'd start to just release a little bit, you'd hear, hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> can Fonzie, can Fonzie hear everything that's going on around him? <laughs> Yeah, yes. Hey, Mom, are we in New York City right now? <laughs> Some of the questions were things she knew the answer to, like her age, and, and others were just deep, insightful. Where does Santa go when he wants to talk to somebody about his problems? You know what I mean? Like that sort of level <laughs> of stuff. And it wouldn't stop, and it, it didn't stop. And at one point, it was broken, and we're driving like 70 mi- miles an hour down the interstate, and all of a sudden, Cece goes, ah, I'm going to throw up just out of nowhere. I'm going to throw up. And, and so my wife, uh, and God bless the people at Toyota, it is so easy to, like, climb over and through that car, that, that minivan. So my wife, you know, gets out of her seatbelt, jumps into the, in the back, grabs a blanket, dumps it underneath my daughter's chin, and says, just throw up. Just throw up into the blanket. <laughs> and so I'm flying down the interstate 
my my daughter barfs into. Oh, she did it. Yeah. For some reason, I thought the story was going to go into like false alarm territory, but no, it went into. No, no, no. This is like, she barfed into the blanket, which we then uh, threw out, and uh, yeah, her great grandmother knitted for her as her last. Yeah. Because if it would have been a knit blanket, it just would have soaked through all the (laughs) all the different weave into her legs, and that was our trip, and. Our daughters have gotten the one thing. They've been difficult children in many ways in terms of their, not in terms of uh, things they can control, really, but like their sleep, their sleeping patterns as babies was terrible. But they have always been good travelers. And I guess, I don't know. That's good. I mean, that's to have kids that can travel well. I mean, that's huge. It's enormous because we travel, not tons, but enough, you know, and all, and it's not like we, we don't have hour long trips. We have five hour treks, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we'll go to New York a couple times a year and we'll, you know, go down to Maryland once or twice a year and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then we're doing, we're doing St. Louis, which is a 13 hour trip in July um, which is really going to test their nerves and, and mine. yours and your wife. Yeah. 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 And the dogs. Fonzie um, goes with you, huh? I don't know. Actually, now that I say that, he'll probably stay back. That's one thing I like about the North or the uh, East Coast, though, is like everything is close. Like, you, you know, six hours get you just about everywhere you got to go. Just about on the East everywhere Coast. you want to go. Yeah. If you can get all the way down to Baltimore. Yeah, there's no worse. Thing to hear when you're driving than your kid's declaration that they're about, about to vomit because pretty much once they've declared it, it's already too late. I don't know where she got the blanket. I don't know what happened. I was like, I had a mug, like a big, like big gulp mug that was empty. And I was like, just use this. And it was already, I was, I was, you know, five seconds behind my wife. I would love to throw up like that. All the times I've had my head in a toilet, <laughs> I would love to just be sitting in a chair and someone come up and say, here, just throw up into this <laughs> and and not even get unstrapped out of my seat. Just barf and then go on looking out the window <laughs> and not even stop moving. We were driving up a Blakeshore Drive home from a Christmas party the other day. And uh, I was sick and my wife was sick and the baby suddenly declared and I, like my wife and I both the baby was asleep. And my wife and I both knew that we were uh, both trying not to vomit as we drove up Lakeshore. And the baby woke up and said, I'm going to throw up. And we knew we would reenact the pie-eating sequence from... <laughs> was it Stand yeah. By Me? Yes. If anyone threw up in the car, all three people in the car would throw up. So we were in this Mexican standoff of vomiting. <laughs> oh, that's when you just throw the kid out the window. You don't even bother pulling over. I put in ejector seats. Sorry, Professor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You were us. <laughs> And and throwing up with the window down does not work. It all just blows right back yeah. in. Our kids haven't thrown up a ton. Although, uh, <laughs> we this was the second time Cecilia has thrown up in the car. And both times were right after she had had McDonald's French fries. Oh. So oh, it's that French fry allergy that all the kids are getting these days. All the kids are getting. Stop Instagramming your workout progress still look like a sack of garbage <laughs> and follow us on social media like our page on facebook share our posts and follow us on pinterest on instagram at the paternity test 
And on Twitter, it's a dead test. I saw yeah, yeah. A, a great picture on uh, I think it was Twitter or Instagram that said, uh, don't blame the holidays. You were fat in August. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's true. <laughs> Put on 50 pounds in the last three days. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I have gone to new heights with my weight. It's incredible. I've gone to Absol- new heights with my weight. That's amazing. I've gone to new weights with my weight. I've never been this big, ever. Doesn't ever. it feel weird to like? Not even in my dreams, huh? To, to get doesn't feel weird to get big and like to feel yourself getting big and to go like, oh wait a minute, it's uncomfortable to try to tie my shoes now. It's just weird. It's it's always weird. And you I don't feel like you're in a, your body anymore. You just feel like you're. Yeah, I kind of feel like a little bit like that sometimes. I look at myself. I shaved my beard off, and there was extra me <laughs> on my chin. You know what I mean? Yeah. That from the you know compared to the last time I had shaved, it's weird to see the scale higher than it's ever been. Like that's always weird, ever. You know what I mean? You start looking it's, around to see if there's something else on the scale with you. Like, did a small yeah. dog get on here? Well, I was. <laughs> this this last week didn't help. It's a mess. It's hard. It's like the hardest thing. I'd rather have to try to give up smoking than try to lose weight. This is it's it's. Very, very difficult. And it's all the it's it's I'd say eighty five to ninety percent of it is eating habits. Not it's not even the fact that like, oh you, you need to work out more. It's it's all it's for me too, it's all eating habits. Yeah, I have because I am I have terrible eating habits, I work out constantly so that I don't have to change my eating habits. Yeah. And it's not even working. Like to get to my next set of goals, I need I must curb the carbs or I can only get so far. Uh, right. You just have to fix the way you eat. But God, I, I'd actually rather work out like an hour and a half every other day than drink less beer and eat less chocolate and bread. You could send us a question or a comment about how Dave and I can uh, lose some of our weight. Though I think we just answered that question. We just need some more willpower. You could send it to the Paternity Test Mailbag. Email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. It's time once again for Animal Crackups. That's where we forget to poke holes in the box that we keep the puppy in under the Christmas tree. People don't really wrap animals for Christmas, do they? Don't they? That's how people got animals. <laughs> they only come wrapped in boxes. Well, uh, there was no animals under our tree I have to say, yeah, didn't bring that kitty. I know, I know, and I think I did a good job of smashing that dream early. So luckily, there. I have to say, I'm very happy that it did not even come up on uh, Christmas Day. Oh, it's um, great! It was wonderful. I was waiting for the question. I was waiting for like the sadness to see like after everything was over and the you know all the carnage was done of unwrapping everything and that there'd be this moment where Ellie was just kind of, you know, somber and sad that there, we didn't come through in the end, you know, or Santa didn't come through in the end. Uh, but she was thrilled with what she got, and she, you know, Santa brought her, her she, she luckily she listed on her letter to Santa multiple things. So we got her one of them, and she forgot about the other things on the list. And she thought of that list as being options for Santa as opposed to a I think so, list? yeah. Yeah, because they, they know that they pretty much get one Santa gift, so Santa's not bringing you the whole list, so they, she gave them options this year. Yeah, I don't fully trust Todd when you say 
When you tell us about your family's expectations, I don't know. I got to talk to your wife and see what's reality. Because you say a lot of things like, "My wife doesn't like to get birthday presents. My wife doesn't like to do things on her anniversary. She doesn't even like it when I remember it." You say things like that all the time. So when you say my daughter didn't care, I just don't know if you, her her whimpering was muffled by a pillow, or if she really didn't want that cat. Oh, she wants the cat, but she got distracted because she got other things she really wanted instead. The the thing that that she was focused on more was Santa himself. And she tried to secretly leave a note for Santa so that we didn't see. Because I think her goal was, if I leave this note and mom and dad don't know about it and Santa doesn't write back, then the jig is up. Yeah, good detective work. But, yeah. but she Kelly found the note that night. Like We did the milk and cookies. And and everyone like the kids did their good night, you know, routine with us and they were going to bed. And afterwards Kelly just happened to walk by where the milk and cookies were and like tucked underneath the plate, barely sticking out was this note to Santa that asked some prying questions. So here's the question she asked. Dear Santa, I have a few questions for you to answer. Have I been naughty or nice this year? How can you travel around the whole world in one night? Do you ever get full from having milk and cookies? How do you get into someone's house if they don't have a chimney? Is there a chance that you can give me an elf on the shelf for next year? Uh, no, that is not going to happen, by the way. <laughs> P.S. Please write back from Ellie. Smiley face. Do you hate the Chinese, or is it a relief to you that you don't have to make toys for all of them as well? <laughs> <laughs> and so we went back and forth a lot on, on how to answer this, and, and I was uh, fully prepared to pull out my my Dear Lucy letter. You've had the Dear Lucy, Lucy letter locked and loaded for years oh, in yeah. your wallet, right? It's Well, it's on, it's on my phone. I have it copied and pasted into the notes on my phone, and it's been there. I don't know if this will tell me when it was created. 2011. That's a I've had this in my time. phone since December 22nd of 2011. Wait, what is this? It's, Dear Lucy it, letter? Yeah, which actually I, I noticed it was, it was getting passed around on Facebook a lot this year too. Yeah, it's kind of a way to tell your kids about Santa if they really you know start to – start to pry and want to know the truth. And so it's a way to tell them the truth without crushing all their feelings about Santa and making yeah. us feel like it was a big old lie. So I've, I've had this loose dear Lucy letter and you could probably look it up. you know, if you wanted to read it, uh, you know, dear Lucy Santa letter or something, you can Google that. Uh, but I've had this since 2011. So, for, you know, uh, ready to go. I thought this is going to be the year and, and Kelly and actually Matt, I sent you a text and you were, a voice of reason here too. And Kelly agreed the same. She's like, no, 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 this is something we talk about in July or in March or in, you know, oh, right, you right, talk right. about this the day after, like on Christmas day <laughs> or the day after. Right. Like when you, you're not really thinking about Christmas or Santa. And so you go, Oh, okay. Right. Not like when it's, it's kind of in the air and like yeah. the magic is about to happen or just happen. And then you go, just kidding. No magic. <laughs> uh, you, you really want that to be when they're at the beach and they just don't give a shit about Christmas magic anyway. <laughs> Yes, so glad that both of you brought that up because I was uh, I was ready to do it. I was ready. I was I was pulling it out, and making copy, writing it out, and uh, <laughs> she's gonna leave a copy of it in her room. Hey, Ellie, check your phone. You just got an email. <laughs> uh, so so then, hey, Ellie, the... close your bedroom door. There's something pinned on the front of it. <laughs> so then it came down to how do you? Respond? Hey, Ellie, go in the bathroom. There's something written in toothpaste on the mirror. <laughs> how do we respond and do we write back does santa write back like we don't know we've never had this before and we decided that he should and so um in our very best santa script script santa, santa wrote back 
we channeled him. We gave him a call. Said, "How do you want us to respond, big man?" <laughs> so it was my special fun. All the R's are candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> So we left it very vague. It just says, "Dear Ellie, you've been a very good girl this year. I have lots of helpers that help make it that make it possible to get everything done in one night." That's something I could always refer to. Like we didn't lie to you. We said he has lots of helpers, and it's true. And uh, I always look forward to tasting all the cookies. Hope you enjoy your gifts. And that was all it said. And she was thrilled. Like she thought that letter, that response was great. She she was like proud of the fact that she got a response, and she still. You know, even threw out a question to us during the day about the stockings because she doesn't know whether or not the stockings are from Santa, and neither do we. We actually looked at each other like, "Wait a minute, are they from us or from not?" Because we talk about the things like, "Oh, I'll take those socks; aren't going to fit you. I'll take them back." But oh. then it's like, "Well, where to the North Pole?" <laughs> Get in the car because it's going to be a long drive. <laughs> but uh, but then like my my stepmother usually provides a lot of the stocking gifts as well. So then she talks about them, and she the kids know oh. they're from her. But then some. So anyway, she was like, "Do you who brings this, the the stocking gifts?" And we kind of stumbled over that because we didn't know what to do. And there's a uh, hole in your cosmology. We tried to, <laughs> yeah. And again, we tried to leave it very vague. But I don't know why. Like, there's no reason why we can't take credit for the stockings. But I guess in the stories. Santa fills the stockings. Yeah, I think of the stockings as squarely like it's Santa is the stockings and then that big gift. Mm-hmm. But if you've already if you've already established for I years hate now that Santa's that the, the big gift guys, though. I hate that he gets the credit for the big gift. Somehow Professor Foster must have done it. Who brought the dollhouse? Saying saying Santa and mommy and daddy work together to get me oh, the dollhouse. Oh man, why didn't we do that? And I can't take any credit for that. The wife must have plugged that in her brain, but it's working out like gangbusters because we get mm-hmm. the we get the credit. It's awesome. Yeah, because otherwise you got to go back and, and say, so listen, now that you know that Santa didn't buy you any of this crap, I just want you to know that over the years, we got you all of that. And I just want to take a moment and let that sink in. <laughs> I want to show you this Excel spreadsheet I've been keeping, the tally of the re- manufactured recommended retail price of all these uh, <laughs> things that we got you. We've been attributing to a fake elf. So I do think by, uh, I think this summer, I don't know if I want to initiate the conversation, but I feel like I can't, we can't carry, we can't carry this through one more Christmas. Sounds like she's looking pretty hard and she'll be a year older and a year savvier by next year. So she's already leaving secret notes to avoid detection. So next year she'll have to figure it out on her own. Maybe just let it go and just let it. Well, see, you know, I'm, I, we, Kelly and I are both so worried about this. Like it's like, it's this huge deal. We never had a conversation with Alex about it. Alex has figured it out, and then he's just happy he gets a gift. Well, I don't yeah, know why we're her. stressing so much over Ellie. She's no, she's not like she's like less intelligent or more fragile than Alex. Or, you know, is because she's a girl that we think it's more important to her. Or? Well, maybe she's just got a more magical kind of thinking. Like you know, like clearly she wants it more than he did. Well, three years ago he wanted it too. Like why we, you know, I can't compare them to each other now. They're three years apart. Like she. She deserves three more years of, you know, magic. Just because he, de- just because he knows the deal, doesn't mean I need to push her to know the deal. Three more years. Well, I don't. Th- two, one, any, none, none. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Magic's over. <laughs> I'm gonna go upstairs and tell her right now. <laughs> I would think what with the internet and all, it would be impossible to keep it for secret from a curious child. And she just Google, she is, is Santa real? Exactly. She just has to like put push the button on her iPod. Right. I wonder what would happen. Hold ask on. Siri. I'm gonna ask hey, Siri, right is now. Santa real? Oh boy. 
Is Santa real? Well, those cookies don't eat themselves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Apples in on the con. Apples in. I Googled, is Santa real? Is Googling says, on it? The first thing, that there's two things that pop up. One is, what to do when kids ask, is Santa real? And the next one is, Santa isn't real. Proof, <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. A fan-made video showing that he's not real. Right. The Wikipedia page for Santa Claus says he's real, but then it also says that there may be some problems with the factual content of this page. It is under discussion. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the paternity test to go to sleep with the new hoverboard near the pile of greasy rags. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com. Call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS, and tell your friends about the show. Consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, if you want to show Dave you care, then just hold a blanket under his chin for him to throw up into. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 